I'm Kyle Rice, awful test taker turned physical therapist and standardized test coach for over 5,000 physical therapists worldwide. It wasn't that long ago that I struggled with anxiety, lack of confidence, and the fear of failing the NPTE. Fast forward through the challenges, the 13 standardized test failures, and many lessons learned, and you'll see the life I have today, a life filled with love, financial freedom, and a dream job that allows me to change lives every single day. I created the NPTE Clinical Files podcast to give you simple, actionable strategies along with a step-by-step walkthrough of NPTE-based questions. All of this so that you can dominate your exam like I did and achieve your dream. So if you're a driven PT student who's looking to pass the NPTE and start creating a life you love, you're in the right place. Enjoy the show. For this week's clinical file, we have Kata, and Kata presents with severe epigastric pain that radiates to her back accompanied by nausea and vomiting. She reports a history of heavy alcohol use and a recent episode of gallbladder stones. Upon examination, there is tenderness in the upper abdomen and elevated serum lipase levels. What is the most likely diagnosis? So we have A, pancreatitis. B, gastritis, C, peptic ulcer disease, and D is gastroesophageal reflux disease, also known as GERD. All right, let's go up to the top of this question. I love eval questions. You get to break it down. You get to look for the exact like examination findings that they give you and then figure out what's going on. So for those of you who have lower scores in eval, definitely pay attention to this episode because you can easily get an other systems question where they're really giving you information and you have to figure out what's going on, all right? So let's take a look at this one. It says, Kata presents with severe epigastric pain that radiates to her back. Very important detail, okay? Because not all visceral pathologies cause severe epigastric pain. So thinking about that, but also, wait, wait, it says, and radiates to her back. And again, not all visceral pathologies have severe epigastric pain and radiate to the back. As I continue down the question, it says, accompanied by nausea and vomiting. So this is a lot of great you know, information here to help us start narrowing down what potential visceral structure is potentially causing this issue, all right? So let's continue down the question. It says, she reports a history of heavy alcohol use, and a recent episode of gallbladder stones. All right, again, giving us some more information, we could definitely tell that this is something, you know, in that stomach area. But remember, there's some other structures. You have your gallbladder that's there. You also have your pancreas that's in that area. So be very mindful of these different visceral structures. Upon examination, there is tenderness in the upper abdomen and elevated serum lipase levels. What is the most likely diagnosis? So in this question, they gave us a lot, and I'm going to break down these pieces, but I want you to come to your answer. This is very important. Okay, think about what the question has given us. What is your answer? For those of you on the podcast, let's go through the answer choice again. So A says pancreatitis, B, gastritis, C, peptic ulcer disease, D, gastroesophageal reflux disease, also known as GERD. What is your answer? Let's put it down right now. All right, let's take a look at A. A says pancreatitis. So this is inflammation of the pancreas. 
My question to you, does pancreatitis cause severe epigastric pain? Well, yes, it can. Obviously, it depends on how irritated that pancreas is. But yes, it can cause severe epigastric pain. Okay, bingo. Now, here's the thing. Does the pancreas, when there is some type of injury, damage, inflammation to it, can it radiate pain to the back? The answer to that is yes, baby. Yeah, it can. All right, where did I get that information? Your Goodman Differential Diagnosis textbook, it gives really great pictures of where these structures refer pain to. Pancreas definitely can refer pain to the back. All right, can pancreatitis cause nausea and vomiting? Yes, those are common symptoms with this. All right, so I love that. Already pancreatitis looking good. Heavy alcohol use can definitely set a patient up for pancreatitis. And we know that a patient who starts to present with things like gallbladder stones, a lot of pain in and around the gallbladder area can have issues with the pancreas as well. Remember, the pancreas has enzymes that it releases to digest fatty foods, all right? So I'm like, okay, this is still making sense for pancreatitis. And even as it goes down the question, it says there's tenderness to palpation in the upper abdomen. I'm like, yup, that's pancreatitis. But hold on. Here is the piece that makes me really want to take pancreatitis. And it is elevated serum lipase levels. Elevated serum lipase levels. Why is that important? Well, because the pancreas is the structure that releases that enzyme, lipase. Lipase is what breaks down fat. So if there's elevated amounts of that, I know that there is something likely going on with our pancreas, making A, a really attractive answer for me right now. So what do you need to have down in your notes that the pancreas is associated with lipase levels, all right? So hold on to that. Let's continue down. B, gastritis. As I look in this question, can gastritis have the nausea and vomiting? Yes. Can it have severe epigastric pain? Yes, it can. Now, what's kind of weird is the radiating to the back. Typically, gastritis, which is inflammation of the stomach, will have epigastric pain, pain underneath like the sternum or burning, but also pain that radiates over to the right shoulder will tend to see. And so I'm kind of like, ah, this doesn't really fit. You know, the clinical picture doesn't really fit. And also gastritis isn't associated with serum lipase levels, okay? Gastritis would be more associated with serum gastrin levels, all right? So gastritis doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to go ahead and eliminate that one. And don't worry, I'm going to recap at the end of this, okay? C says peptic ulcer disease. How many of y'all took peptic ulcer disease with this one? I see a lot of people that like this. I don't blame you. Severe epigastric pain. Boom. Can it have nausea and vomiting? Yes. All right. Again, when I'm thinking of peptic ulcer disease, I'm thinking of severe abdominal pain, definitely epigastric. Peptic ulcers can also refer to the right shoulder, right? But, you know, as I'm looking at this question, I know peptic ulcers don't have anything to do with elevated serum lipase levels. Now, what test can I use in order to identify a peptic ulcer? Well, you could do some type of like upper end endoscopy, taking that camera down the throat. Obviously, you wouldn't do that, but they would be referred out for that. That could 
be used to identify peptic ulcers. We also could look for H. pylori, which is a bacteria that causes infection in the stomach and is a major reason why people have peptic ulcers or even gastritis. So what am I saying to you? Nowhere in the question does it say H. pylori or that the patient has that or was identified as having that. So peptic ulcer disease, probably not the best answer here. Okay, let's go with D. It says gastroesophageal reflux disease, GERD. A lot of us are very familiar with this. This is where we have that acid, stomach acid that starts to build up and make its way into the esophagus and start causing a lot of burning in the epigastric region, but also throughout the esophagus. So as I'm looking at the question, can the patient have severe epigastric pain with GERD? I'm like, yeah, they can have epigastric pain, but one of the major things that you commonly hear is that burning piece, and I don't see that. It's also not very common for the patient to have back pain with GERD. So that's kind of weird. All right, some of the other things I'm looking at is this elevated serum lipase levels. Again, I would not see that in a patient with GERD. That is not an identification or identifying factor. Things that I would really be looking at is like pH changes or something along the lines of that. So again, GERD in this situation is not a likely diagnosis, leaving me with my final answer, the best answer here, which is pancreatitis. Congratulations to those of you who got this one correct. Congratulations to those who learned something from this question. Super important. Now, let me do a quick recap, and then I got a special opportunity for those of you who are on clinicals right now as well, okay? So as I recap through here, what do you need to know? patient has severe epigastric pain, there's a lot of different pathologies that can cause that. Things related to the stomach, things related to the pancreas, all right, are major causes of a severe epigastric pain. They can also have things like nausea and vomiting. So gastritis, peptic ulcers, pancreatitis, these all can come with nausea and vomiting. Now, the one thing I would say for your notes that's important is the pancreas, when there is some type of injury to it, can refer pain to the back. Definitely keep that in mind, okay? Now, this is the other piece that I would remember and write down. If you ever have an MPTE question or practice question show up and they're talking about serum lipase levels, well, that's an enzyme. Lipase is an enzyme that breaks down fats. The structure in the body that does that, that produces lipase is the pancreas, all right? And so if I see changes in lipase, there's likely something going on with the pancreas. Now, if I saw changes in gastrin, that is likely something to do with the stomach or like a gastritis. If I saw H. pylori, that would be sending me down the road of a peptic ulcer. Could also be gastritis, but H. pylori often is associated with a peptic ulcer. Last but not least, gastroesophageal reflux disease, or GERD, we know that comes along with a lot of burning underneath that sternum, that breastbone there. We know that these patients often have symptoms that get worse when they're lying in positions like supine. But here's the other piece. If I was using some type of test to look for GERD, 
you probably would be looking at pH monitoring. You can also do an upper end endoscopy, something along the lines of that. But pH monitoring is likely to show up on your practice exams or the NPTE. All right, good recap there. Hopefully you got some golden nuggets. Let me talk to my people who are currently on their way to clinicals right now, right? You may be in the car, maybe you're coming home from it. Listen, the days are long and hard, right? You're spending all this time in the clinic, all this energy, and now you don't have time to prepare for one of the most important exams that you'll ever take, the NPTE. You're likely feeling the study guilt because you know you should be studying, but it's not happening. I want you to know, listen, I understand you. I justify right now the fact that you're not studying for the MPTE. It is very tough while you're working 40 plus hours in the clinic, working for somebody else and not even getting paid for it. There really are no solutions out there for you to make studying for the MPTE manageable while on clinicals. And that's the reason why I've developed something fast, easy to study for the MPTE that can start raising your score every single week and getting you ready for the MPTE. Did I say easy and fast? All right. So what I did was I developed this thing called the NPTE Clinical Starter Pack. And what it has in there is specific things to get you ready for the NPTE. It doesn't go over everything. It doesn't overwhelm you. Just specific things that you need to look at each day. But it's in bite-sized pieces that allow you to study for an hour, maybe a day, and get some amazing improvements. All right? Does that sound amazing to you? Do you want fast, easy success? Well, then you need to take a look at the MPTE Clinical Starter Pack. I developed it for people like you. I've had so many people reach out and already tell me this is the first time they feel studying for the MPTE is manageable. How can you learn more about this Clinical Starter Pack? I need you to go to www.mpteclinic.com, mpteclinic.com. Do that right now and learn all about it. See if it's a great fit for you. Again, fast, easy success is what we're looking for, this is your chance to start doing something that actually works. All right. So for those of you on iTunes, Spotify, Ghana, Overbreak, wherever you're at, I have the link in the show notes. All right. So you can go into the show notes, click the link in there and you can get it. Hi, this is Kyle, and thanks for downloading the podcast. I always enjoy spending this time with you, and I hope that you leave today feeling motivated and with a better understanding. Make sure to subscribe to get new mock NPTE questions each week. I deeply appreciate your support. It helps keep this mission going. And as I always say, keep learning, stay committed. I'll see you next time.